Let's go on an adventure through multi-level marketing. Let's go on an adventure with Jess. Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome back to Jess Unfiltered. I'm your host Jess, obviously. So today we're going to be talking about whether or not NFTs are the new MLMs. They are, in my opinion. Now, what gives me the credibility to even speak about NFTs? Well, I went to school for cybersecurity. I currently work as a security engineer in the cyberspace, and I have a lot of experience in the tech field. I've done programming. I'm familiar with networking, threats, modeling, things like that, which a lot of things in the tech space are related and there's a lot of like subsections and and everything kind of is related but but people have experience in various areas mine being cyber but i also have some familiarity with networking you know computer networks which is kind of what makes nfts uh unique as opposed to other forms of of digital files and whatnot. So anyway, I'm going to be giving my my opinion on NFTs. Now, when I say that MLMs are a scam, I don't mean that the products themselves are necessarily a scam. It's more the structure and the people who have started selling these things in an MLM form. You know, like Arbonne's protein powder, I'm sure is perfectly fine, but it's overpriced in my opinion. And the people who are selling it you know, that, that whole business model is a scam. It's, it's really the business model and not, not the product. And that's how I feel about NFTs. It's not that the products, it's not that the NFTs themselves are scams. It's the business models and the people who are taking advantage of this NFT bubble or whatever you want to call it. I don't know if I would call it a bubble because that's implying that it's getting bigger and it's going to pop, which might actually be an accurate description of what's going on, but I don't have data points to show me that it's growing. I just know based on my Facebook feed and my TikTok for you page that recently I've been getting tons and tons and tons of ads about NFTs. You have a lot of business guru types of people getting on board and saying that you should buy them, yada, yada, yada. So let's just jump into it. I'm going to try and make this episode something that anyone can understand because even as a technical person, I think it's hard to understand what what NFTs even are. And unfortunately, there's a lot of hype around them and a lot of scammy people and scammy websites that want you to buy into them. So they purposefully leave things very vague about NFTs. So it can actually be quite difficult to learn about NFTs, about crypto, about the blockchain, because you have to look out for those scammy biased websites that try and sell you on the idea and don't just give you factual pieces of information like, hey, this is what is going on. They just use very vague and generic terms And so even as a technical person, it can be hard to comprehend. So I'm going to try and break it down to layman's terms so that we can all together have a very basic idea of NFTs and why I feel like they are the next big scam. So um, first of all, what is an NFT? NFT stands for non-fungible token. Now, according to 
Wikipedia. I'm just going to read the definition verbatim and then we'll break it down. It says a non-fungible token, NFT, is a non-interchangeable unit of data stored on a blockchain, a form of digital ledger that can be sold and traded. Types of NFT data units may be associated with digital files such as photos, videos, and audio. So what is this what what does this all mean? All right? So a non-fungible token is essentially something with a unique identifier. And what is what is the blockchain? The blockchain is just a computer network. So it's a peer-to-peer decentralized computer network. That's that's all it is. It's the way that different devices are interconnected, you know, a computer, depending on, you know, the type of network that you have set up, depends how data, you know, travels from one device to the next. So at your home, for example, you probably have a centralized computer network, whereas the blockchain is a decentralized computer network. So at home, you probably have, you know, your your ring doorbell, and maybe you have some Nest cameras or some Wise cameras. Maybe you have your, your iPhone connected. You've got a router on your home network. You've got your laptop. You've got your desktop. And, you know, that is is typically a centralized network. So what's what's interesting, though, is that, you know, let's say you're wanting to buy a Nest uh, a Nest camera or a Ring doorbell, okay? You're wanting to buy a Ring doorbell. Ring doorbells have a purpose and they have a function, right? They're there to record video and to capture people that come to your door on video. That's, that's their purpose. And so that's what they advertise that their purpose is. Notice that when you go to purchase a Ring doorbell, even though it is, it is attached typically to or connected to a centralized computer network, does Ring ever advertise to you that it is connected to a centralized computer network? Do they ever advertise that to you? Absolutely not. So what I think is kind of interesting about the whole NFT thing is they're really trying to sell you on ignorance. They they specifically say that it is it is tied to the blockchain and it, you know, blah 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 it's it's on a decentralized computer network like like obviously that that bears some importance but i feel like it's very very overstated and people are heavily relying on that to sell the product because most people don't know what on earth a peer to peer or decentralized computer network is they don't understand the blockchain they don't understand what blocks are and, and so they're like i have no idea what you're talking about but i trust what you're saying so then they rely on the person who's who's speaking all this technical jargon and they trust what they're saying and they and they deem them as trustworthy even though they're just spewing again a bunch of jargon that really isn't completely relevant to what it is that you're purchasing so that's one thing that I find interesting about NFTs is is that people like obviously what makes an NFT unique is that it is tied to the blockchain and there's information associated with that you know JPEG file which which might be the NFT that you buy. We'll we'll use JPEG files for this for this um, episode, but but let's say the NFT that you buy is a JPEG file of a cat. All right, and what, what makes it an NFT is that it is tied to the blockchain. So that might be like metadata about the file. Um, for example, metadata, which I don't know specifically what type of 
metadata that is stored on the, we'll say the Ethereum blockchain, for example, which is just the Ethereum decentralized computer network. Um, so let's, some metadata might be like the shutter speed that the photo was taken at or the ISO that, that the camera was, you know, set on when it took the photo. It might be, um, you know, information about the file type, things like that. Like that's metadata. It's data about the file that is, um, stored in the file electronically. Like I don't, I don't really know. Well, I'll just give you the official definition because I hope what I'm saying makes sense. Metadata is data that provides information about other data, but not the content of the data, such as the text of a message or the image itself. This is according to Wikipedia. So like <clears throat> any photo that you take with an iPhone is going to have metadata. Like it might have the GPS location and obviously it doesn't like show up in the photo, but it's data about the data. It's data about the photo that is kind of grouped in with the file and you might need to have a special, you know, you might need to have special software to read the metadata, um, but it's baked in with the file so that, uh, you know, certain types of software and certain applications can, can get that information. So like if I upload a photo to Flickr, a lot of times Flickr is really good at, at reading and displaying metadata. So if I take a photo of a cat and I put it on Flickr, Flickr will actually tell me their, their website will tell me you know, what shutter speed I took the photo with, you know, what camera I used even for this photo, um, what the ISO was, yada, yada, yada. So anyway, the point is, is that the data that is uploaded to the blockchain is uh, a unique identifier for the, the, the JPEG of a cat um, and transaction history for it. So, um, you know, did somebody buy this cat? If so, there's going to be a record of that on the blockchain. There might be some metadata again about the photo. I don't know exactly like what metadata that it stores specifically. Um, but anyway, so the actual file itself, the actual file of the cat is not going to be stored on the blockchain because storing data on the blockchain on the Ethereum, you know, decentralized computer network, is incredibly, incredibly expensive. And so the actual file itself is not stored on the blockchain. It is a record of the transaction. If I buy that NFT, if I buy that photo of a cat, that record that, hey, Jessica bought this photo of this cat is stored on the blockchain. That is it. And so my, my point is, is that is what makes an NFT unique from say just downloading a photo from Facebook, right? The blockchain is a digital ledger that that stores that information. And it it's I guess what what frustrates me with NFTs is that yes, them them storing transaction data on the blockchain is important and it is what makes an NFT an NFT. However, you shouldn't use that necessarily as a huge selling point, especially when the actual file itself is not being stored on the blockchain. And that's where what a lot of people don't understand is they think that if they buy this, this NFT of a cat, they think like, oh, the photo is stored on the blockchain. The photo will be available forever into infinity on the blockchain which is not true. Um, it, it's just the record of the cat that will, in theory, exist forever on the Ethereum blockchain or whatever blockchain it's stored on. So anyway, <clears throat> as, I, as I was saying, when, when 
you know, ring doorbells go and market their product, what makes the ring doorbell unique is that it's a part of the internet of things. But ring doorbell serves a functional purpose and they don't rely on technical jargon to try and sell their product. You don't see ring doorbell saying like, our ring doorbell will connect to your centralized computer network on the internet of things. You know, you don't hear that. What they tell you is our ring doorbell will record people that come to your door. Like that's it. You know, it's like anyone can understand that. Like we don't need to understand how a ring doorbell works and connects to our network in order for us to use it. Like obviously we need to set it up on our Wi-Fi, but that's really about it. You know, we don't we don't need all this technical jargon to understand the functionality of a ring doorbell. And that's the issue that I have with a lot of NFTs is that a lot of people selling them, they push so heavy on the technical side of things and and most people don't understand what the blockchain is. They don't understand what kind of data is stored on there and so they have all these misconceptions about NFTs and about what their purpose is and about, um, you know, what what's going to exist 30, 40 years from now on the blockchain. They, they just, they don't understand it. And so people take advantage of that and, and they exploit them for it. So let's talk about for a second, um, what was I going to talk about? I totally lost my train of thought. Um, so, so another big issue as well is apart from the actual JPEG file of a cat not being stored on the blockchain, you're probably like, okay, then where is it stored? And that's a great question. So let's say OpenSea, which is um, a website that you can actually buy and sell NFTs and it's tied to the Ethereum blockchain, I, I believe. So if you buy an NFT the record of you purchasing that will forever be, av- you know, in theory forever, be available on the Ethereum blockchain. But the actual photo itself is stored on OpenSea's servers. And all a server really is, is it's just basically a computer, you know, or it could be racks of hard drives, right? So, so just, you know, very similarly to how you have data stored on your own computer, your own laptop, you know, you might have a folder with a bunch of documents in it. That's very similar to how a server is. And so OpenSea is just storing this photo of a cat on their servers. Now they might have, you know, backups, like most large companies have backups of of their servers. You know, if one were to go down, you know, they have another one. But, but the thing is, is, is a lot of companies, you know, will come and go. And if OpenSea ceases to exist, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, when this NFT craze, let's say it's over and OpenSea doesn't exist anymore and their servers are no longer online because I don't know if you all know this, but servers are incredibly, incredibly expensive to maintain. Incredibly expensive. They consume a lot of power. They need to be maintained by like physical people. Um, You know, they need to be upgraded and repaired and patched for security issues. So if, if, 10, 20 years from now, when NFTs, if they're not very popular anymore, then chances are OpenSea is probably not going to exist and their servers are not going to be online. And guess what? That photo of a cat is no longer going to be online. So if you don't save it to your own computer, then that photo ceases to exist anymore because that actual photo is not on the blockchain. And so, yeah, it's it's just... 
I guess that's what really bugs me about this whole thing is like the misrepresentation of what you're actually buying. Um, another example of, of a bad NFT purchase, you know, a lot of people are buying like, I don't know, digital, like they're buying virtual yachts. So I don't know what these virtual yachts, I'm sure they're using various programs to create them, but let's say the type of file that you purchase, you know, the type of NFT that you purchase, you know, 20 years from now, if that file type is not supported anymore, and if there are no applications that are available for an operating system that exists at that point in time, then even if you have the file, you can't open it. Even if you have a rendering of a digital yacht and it's made from a file type from 20, 30 years ago, and you don't have software that is compatible with that file type anymore, the file is useless. So yes, that, that, that piece of data that says, okay, you know, so-and-so bought this digital yacht, you know, that piece of data might exist out on the Ethereum blockchain, but you might not even be able to open the file. So this whole NFT craze of like, oh, you've got to get in on this. You've got to buy digital assets. My opinion, my personal opinion is just don't even bother. Unless, unless you're willing to gamble your money and, and unless you're prepared to lose it, don't even bother. Don't even bother with it. I saw this thing recently that said Gary V supports um, NFTs. And I don't know what Gary V's background is. I'm actually going to, and, and it's funny, when you type in Gary V, one of the first thing that comes up is Gary V NFT. I don't really know what his background is. I don't know if he's got like a technical background or whatever, but you know, he's a, he's a motivational speaker guy. It says he's a co-founder of the restaurant reservation software company, Resi and Empathy. So he probably has some kind of technical background, but, but my thoughts are, is if you have somebody who is, who is pushing you into an NFT and they're going to profit from you buying them, or they're going to profit from the craze you know, they don't necessarily have your best interests in mind. It's kind of like somebody, um, you know, like a MLM boss babe who's trying to push you into buying her products because she's going to make commission off of you. It's very similar. If, if a bunch of these rich people or celebrities can, you know, have bought NFTs and they're trying to pump the normal public into it so that NFT prices go through the roof, they sell off their NFTs, they walk away rich, you walk away poor, you know, I mean, what good does that really do? I need a glass of water. Ah, delicious. I love water. It is like my favorite thing to drink. Like, <laughs> um, okay. So let's, let's look at Gary V's background really quick. It says he went to school for management science, which management science is I don't, I mean, at least at my school, it was kind of a blend between like math. It was like, it was like business math, basically. So there was some elements of like calculus and, you know, um, linear algebra, I want to say. So, um, you know, it's not an easy degree. I think business, I think management science probably sounds very easy, but you know, it, it can be kind of difficult and a little math heavy, depending I'm sure on where you go to school. So it says that Gary V is the founder and artist behind V Friends, a NFT series. So obviously Gary V is going to be supporting NFTs if he's got a bunch for sale. Um, so what are my thoughts on selling NFTs? 
I don't have an issue with selling them, honestly. And I do think, um, which I'll get into in a moment, I do think that they can have some value slash practicality in the real world. Um, but I think that it's important to be reasonable. If, you, if, if somebody calls an NFT a digital asset, implying like you are going to be rich if you hold on to it for 30 years, I think that's a load of crap. I really do. I think that is just an utter load of BS. However, I I mean, an NFT, you have to take it for what it is. And I think that the only NFTs that are going to be around 20, 30, 40 years from now are going to be the NFTs that are still usable and functional in the physical world. So here's an example. If you go on OpenSea, which again is a website to buy NFTs, if you go on there and you find a really cool piece of artwork, of digital art that you absolutely love and you're like, oh my gosh, this would be a really cool, you know, this would, this would make a really cool wallpaper for my, for my digital, you know, let's say you have a digital picture frame. Um, you know, if you're like wanting to buy in a, a piece of artwork to display in a digital picture frame, I think that's a totally valid reason to buy an NFT. I mean, I would even, I, I've thought about buying NFTs just you know, for computer wallpaper on, on my computer or to have as a, a background on my phone or to, to buy a digital picture frame and, and display some really cool NFTs because there are some really, really cool pieces of artwork out there. So if you're buying it for that purpose and you're you're prepared to, you know, spend that money as you would on like a real piece of artwork, because I mean, it's, it's, it's a digital piece of artwork, like that's fine. That is okay. And I, and I don't have any issues with that whatsoever. And I think that that's a valid way to, you know, make a living is to create digital art. It's really no different than selling digital art on Etsy, except every single person is going to get a unique piece. Whereas on Etsy, people tend to, you know, they might list a piece of digital art and then they sell it to like 900 people and then 900 people all have that same copy. Whereas with an NFT, you're selling, you know, a unique piece to, you're supposed to sell a unique piece to like every person. Um, so, so anyway, it, it, you know, if, if you're wanting to do it for that reason, that's totally fine and that's valid and that's cool. And if you want to sell your own artwork, if you create digital artwork and you want to sell it, go for it. You know, I have no issues with that. What I have issues with is when people imply like you're, buying an asset and you're going to get rich off of it. And 30 years from now, you know, your, your family is going to be able to retire and be millionaires because you bought this digital piece of art. I think that that is a very misleading claim, um, especially when they imply like, oh, that artwork is going to be around forever. It's like, no, the record of that transaction is going to be around forever. The actual artwork itself, the actual JPEG file or whatever it is, you need to download that on your computer and you need to keep it. And Anybody else could, you know, right click download it if you send it to them. So, so anyway, it, it's, it's just, it's easy to be misled, I think, with NFTs. And I think that, again, if you know what you're getting going in, then that's totally fine. Um, if you're going to buy, there's this website where you can buy, like, digital yachts and stuff like that. Like, I don't know what the website is. I just have heard of people talking about it. I think that's ridiculous. Um, there are people paying, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for these digital yachts. And I'm like, you know, it, it's it's very comparable to, let's say you're playing Grand Theft Auto Online, which I used to play that all the time. If you're playing GTA 5 Online and in the game, they have a, 
helicopter that you can buy and it can be used in the game and you can buy a unique helicopter and no one will ever have that helicopter and that is your digital in-game helicopter and no one else will ever have that. That would be sort of an example of what an NFT is, except, you know, let's say that the record of you purchasing that helicopter is forever stored on the Ethereum blockchain, quote unquote forever. Um, You know, that would be an example of an NFT. Uh, I don't believe Grand Theft Auto does that right now. That's something that I I would think a lot of video game companies would probably... um, implement in the future, which, which again, that serves sort of a functional purpose. Like the skins that you buy on Fortnite, the different outfits, the different weapons that are are just different, you know, things that you can buy on Fortnite, um, or, or other video games. You know, I think that kind of merging NFTs into video games and whatnot, I, I can see the future going in that direction. And again, I don't necessarily have an issue with that. The problem is, is that video game popularity comes and goes. And a lot of times older video games are no longer supported. So unless you buy an NFT, you know, let's say video game NFTs get more popular. If you buy a video game NFT, you know, 30 years from now when that video game is not online anymore and and there's no servers for you to do online play um, that are, that are, currently in existence, um, that NFT is, is useless at that point. So I just think people like, I think what's most important about NFTs is just being transparent about it and being aware of what you're getting and knowing that it's, it's not an asset in the same way that a house is an asset. It's not an asset in the same way that a physical thing is an asset. And, and that's that's what a lot of these crypto bros, it's really hard to talk to them about it because they're always trying to imply like like it it, it equates to a physical asset. So let's talk about Web3 for a moment, which is a really popular buzzword floating around and it's, ugh, I don't even know. Okay, so Web3, according to Wikipedia, is an idea for a new iteration of the World Wide Web based on blockchain technology, which incorporates concept concepts using decentralization and token-based economics. So what people are saying is that with Web3, you can actually own a piece of the internet. Um, they're saying that, you know, Web1 is where we can read the internet. It's an information economy, and this comes from... I think it's morales.com. Um, so, you know, like Yahoo News, we we've we can read read information. So then web two is where we can read and write. It's our platform economy, like Facebook, YouTube, WordPress, we can read, we can write, yada yada yada. And web three is where we can read, write, and execute. It's our token economy. And then there's Ethereum and Bitcoin, yada yada yada. So um, the thing with web three is like I don't know. It's, it's, it's saying that there's no, they're saying it's decentralized and there's no, I I cannot pronounce this word, intermediaries. Did I pronounce that right? Whatever. Anyway, so like, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that because I think that ultimately a lot of large corporations and very rich people are still going to be in charge And that's just how the world works. And so I think it's very, very idealistic to think that us normies out there can actually 
own a, a portion of the web and it, you know, help us build generational wealth. And the problem that I have with with people talking and promoting Web3, you know, it's not that I disagree with like the fact that you can own quote unquote digital assets. My, my issue is with the misrepresentation that digital assets are going to equate to physical assets and that digital assets are Um, you know, stored on the blockchain, like the actual files themselves when they're not. And, and, and it's just, it's one of those things, like, I don't think it's going to ever, um, like, take off and really manifest the way that, that people are thinking it will, like, in the immediate future. Like, again, I think, I think NFTs are going to be around for a while, um, a long time. Um, But I think they're going to evolve. And I think that NFTs are going to, we're going to have kind of different groups of them. I think the biggest group is probably going to be, um, you know, just just maintaining records of like transactions. So, so what I mean by that is like, let's say you, I don't know, purchase a house and you have a deed to a house. I think that there's going to be, um, I think we can utilize block ch- the blockchain to record that information and say, okay, Jessica owns the deed to this house. You know, the physical deed itself is not going to be stored on the blockchain, but the record that I own the deed to my house is going to be stored on the blockchain. So I don't think it's so much NFTs. I just think the blockchain technology and decentralized computer networks, you know, peer-to-peer computing, like I think that technology is going to continue to progress forward. And, you know, if we can get, get past the immense cost to actually store data on there, like I mean, in the future, if we can bring those costs down and we can actually get files, you know, uploaded to to the blockchain instead of just storing the record, but actually being able to store more data and, and be able to store the actual file itself, I think that would be really cool and revolutionary. But, um, you know, the cost of, of storing things on the blockchain is, is just very expensive. So um, anyway, I need more water because I'm talking a lot. I don't know what I was getting at, but, um, but yeah, web three, I mean, web three is just, they say that, you know, we've got more peer to peer networking, um, you know, enhanced connectivity, yada, yada, yada. And, and that, that's great. But, um, but again, it's, it's just a way for business gurus to really confuse the crap out of people who don't understand technology. Um, and, and even people that do understand technology, I feel like they just, they throw a lot of lingo out there. They, they throw their sales pitches and it's very scammy. So point of this entire episode, do I recommend buying an NFT or selling an NFT? As far as buying an NFT goes, if you find an NFT that you like and you want to buy it because you like it and you don't plan to get rich off of it, then buy it. That's totally fine. Okay. Um, If somebody is pressuring you to buy an NFT because they are going to benefit from the craze somehow, I would recommend running the other direction. Um, If, if you want to sell digital artwork and um, you know, have, you know, if you, if you want to sell quote unquote digital assets, you know, that's totally fine, but just be honest about it. You know, don't mislead people. Um, There's nothing, I mean, selling digital art is great. I have sold digital art before and uh, you know, using the blockchain to do it is, is 
cool. Um, but unfortunately, where there is new technology, there are always going to be pushy people who just, who act sleazy, um, who, who try and, and pressure people via ignorance and into making expensive decisions. So hopefully this episode was helpful. Um, I hope I didn't get too, you know, I, I hope it wasn't over people's heads. I, I know that like this topic can be incredibly overwhelming and I myself feel that way at times. I have so much to learn about the, the blockchain and about NFTs. And it's just, it's something that I feel like very, very few people thoroughly understand. And yet so many people out there are pushing it who don't understand it. And that can be, you know, that that kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, you know, MLM huns who are tr- making these just exaggerated health claims in, in science claims about things that they don't understand. So it kind of follows that that same trend there. But anyway, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Be sure to check me out on YouTube at Jess Unfiltered. My Twitter is at unfiltered underscore Jess. And my Instagram is at Jess Unfiltered Pod. Thank you all so much for listening. Feel free to shoot me a message if you guys want to talk more about NFTs and whatnot. But uh, anyway, have a good day. Bye.